you're listening to Adulthood Academy. I'm your host, Angela Hatchie. This community is a resource for all those adulthood things many of us were never formally taught. That's all the stuff from learning to handle your finances to navigating different relationships. It's all in here. I've spent years working to figure out adulthood, feeling like I was shooed out into the world wholly underprepared. Since then, I've gotten myself out of debt and prepared myself financially for my future, learned to cook and bake pretty good stuff, and learned to start saying important things out loud in all kinds of relationships. There is far more ahead to learn than there is behind, and that's what I'm here for, to foster this community of perpetual go-getters who are working to fulfill their potential in every facet of life. Thank you so much for listening. Let's get in there. Hello, everyone. Hope you guys had an amazing week. I just got my power back after like three days without any power. Uh, If you know anybody from Northern California or you've been following me for a while, I live in the part of Northern California where our power company just like shuts off power um, for days on end. So last year, we had like our power off for a week at a time and then it would come on for literally like a day so people could get something done and like charge their stuff and then it would go out again for like five days. So it's for fire season. It's a whole long story. But anyway, so we don't have internet when the power goes out, obviously. And luckily we have a generator. So, you know, life is actually not so bad. It's basically like camping. It's just annoying. And it's like an inconvenience when people, especially right now, you know, a lot of people are working from home and going to school from (laughs) their computers. So it's annoying for everyone who's doing that because when the power's out, you can't do any of that stuff. So that's what I have been up to and I am just got our power back yesterday. So I'm catching up on everything. Okay. So I told you the wealth Academy is coming back and I gave you some details about it. Um, the it's I've extended it and I updated it, included more relevant information and overall, just like, you know, it was a great course before, but now it's like an outstanding course that I am so, so proud of and really excited to bring to you guys and be able to work together in that capacity because it really is going to be like an overall overhaul of your finances from start to finish. And I've looked at similar programs. I think everybody does when they're creating something just to see, you know, what the competition is and what other people are doing. So you can kind of like make yours a little bit different and kind of tailor it to your specific audience. So in doing that sort of like market research, I can with confidence say, Mine is a lot more intimate because I don't want it to be some big um, like commercialized program. There are a couple where it's like hundreds of people are in the program with you or, you know, 40 people are in it together and you don't have the same one-on-one time as you do in the Wealth Academy with me because I've done programs like that and I'm always annoyed because either it was misrepresented as like, oh, this is going to be such a good like one-on-one time. We're going to have so much time together and um, there's going to be a lot of like basically hand-holding, which if you're enrolling in a program and you're investing in yourself, I that's what I want out of it. I'm not doing it so that I can work through it on my own. Otherwise, I would just do that thing. I'm investing myself in taking a course because I obviously need help with something and I need like some attention, right? So that's what I created the Wealth Academy to be. So I honestly don't want more than five or six people in there because I want to know everything about your financial situation in from start to finish so that I can help you in the biggest capacity um, possible. So let me just give you a few quick details. 
But basically, it's going to be start to finish of your finances. I will help you audit your finances. We'll put together a budget together. We're going to go over how to invest, how to start retirement accounts, how to maximize your retirement accounts, how to um, rein in impulsive spending. We're going to do a holiday spending um, bonus masterclass. I'm going to bring in guest experts about home buying, about investing. And it's literally just everything you could possibly need. If you're sitting with your finances right now, you're like, oof, I could use some help with this. And you feel overwhelmed and just like, don't know where to start, don't know the process, don't know what needs your attention first or how to get those things under control. That's exactly what it's for. And because there's only going to be a few people in it, which is exactly what I want and what I'm sure you want. There's the personalized time. I'm doing one-on-ones with everybody in there. And it's just going to be amazing to get your finances under control. And again, it's not something that like those skills, nobody is going to be able to take away from you. It truly is like an investment in something that's going to last you and benefit you for the rest of your life. So the wait list for the Wealth Academy opens on Monday. I always found waitlist to be kind of confusing before I got into the online business world. Basically, if you get on the waitlist, you get extra perks. So I'm going to throw in some extra bonuses. Um, I'm giving people $500 off of the total price of the Wealth Academy. And then you also get first dibs on those limited spots within the Wealth Academy as well, because those are the first people that I open up officially the program to. So I get those people, like, let's say, seven people sign up for the waitlist. I email those seven people. I'm like, Hey, I'm going to start enrolling people on the waitlist. If there's only six spots, like if you want a spot, let's get it right now and let's get it taken care of. So if you are interested in it and you're like ready to take action, getting on the waitlist means you get first dibs on one of those spots and you get money off and bonuses. Like if you're going to enroll anyway, it's the smartest way to do it because you're going to get all those extra stuff in addition to all the regular stuff that everybody else would get. And you get first crack at it and get to call dibs on a spot. So keep a lookout for that. I'm obviously going to be on social media a lot next week and getting people on that wait list and, you know, answering questions for people and talking more about it. So, but if you are interested right now, you can send me a DM if you want to get on the wait list now, it officially opens Monday, but you know, I don't really care if you want to get on it now, that's fine with me and let's get it going. Okay. So that's my spiel for today. And I wanted to get into holiday planning and holiday finances for this episode. I realize it's October, but it's the end of October. And honestly, I started thinking about all of my holiday spending about four months ago. So my Christmas fund is fully funded, which is amazing. I don't have to think about like, oh shit, I'm not going to be able to get so-and-so a gift because I don't have enough money. (laughs) So I did this in advance and I think it's a good time to do it now before like the frenzy of the holidays. I, it's like one of my least favorite things. And I honestly don't like that about the holidays of like, everyone just feels so much pressure to just spend money and like buy presents for people that they like, there's no really reason why you should be buying a present for people, um, for certain people anyway. So in my family, we don't really even do presents anymore. Um, sometimes we do like homemade presents. My mom always makes special cookies or she makes lotion or candles or something like that. And then we kind of like have an unspoken agreement about presents of like, if you want to get somebody a gift, you can, but there's not really any pressure. I, for the last few years, I don't think I've gotten, I've gotten Kevin, my boyfriend, a present. And uh, I think that's about it. Like if I see something during the holidays, I'm like, oh, my brother would like that. Then I'll just get it for him. So this year I wanted to actually 
be really thoughtful and intentional about holiday spending and not just like, well, I have some extra money, so I'm just going to spend it. I'm going to, I put together like a list of everyone I want to buy a present for the limit I had for them. And because I've done this in advance, right? I did it like four months ago. I have that amount of cash sitting, waiting for me to spend it um, on those people with those amounts of money, like that present limit. So I'm going to walk you through basically that whole process. If you haven't done it yet, I would highly, highly suggest you do it now. Like take the weekend. It literally will probably take you like, I don't know, 15 to 20 minutes. If you have a big family, I have a relatively small family. So, you know, it took me about 10 minutes um, and just we'll walk through the whole process. But I first wanted to say, considering the pressure that the holiday brings, whatever holiday you're celebrating, Hanukkah, Christmas, New Year's, whatever the holiday is for you, there's a lot, a lot of pressure I feel on spending a lot of money around the holidays. And we've talked about before how companies have gotten amazing at marketing. They're great. They're great at their jobs and they always make it so enticing. There's always sales. There's always deals. There's buy one, get one free. There's, you know, tech deals on Amazon. There's free shipping. There's, you know, 20% off. They're great at it. It makes it so, so enticing. But by doing this process, I'm going to walk you through of just being, taking your own time to think about how much money you want to spend on that person. And then thinking of like some gift ideas. So then when you go on to like Amazon, or you're going to shop at local businesses to support them, whatever, however you want to shop is fine. I don't care. (laughs) But then when you get into those situations, you actually have a plan and you're not just like browsing the, like the categories of like kitchen appliances, trying to find something for your sister. And you're like, well, I could get her these seven things and I'm not really sure. And then you are just stuck in like this wishy-washy place of like, just trying to find something. So if you can take the time ahead of time and just plan what that gift is going to be, that makes it a lot easier on you and not having to feel the pressure and kind of uncertainty of trying to figure something out on the spot. The other thing is like, if you are on a super tight budget, I've been on a super tight budget my basically my whole life, uh, pretty much up until this point where I have like now a little bit extra spending money um, for things like this. If you're on a super tight budget, I firmly believe that nobody in your life is worth going into debt for a Christmas present. Generally, let's think about the times in our life. Think about some Christmas presents that you even remember. I can't think about very many that I'm like, wow, I'm really happy that I still have that item in my life. For most of us, Christmas is like just about the festivity of it. It's about like feeling good about giving someone something that they really enjoy. But ultimately, I think there are some better ways to do that if you aren't on a super tight budget. If you're going to go into debt to get people Christmas presents, I would say, let's not do that and let's do something else instead. So maybe you can do some homemade stuff for them. And yes, you will probably have to spend some money to do that, but it will be considerably less. And that's why I wanted to do this episode now so that you have some time to think about it. And like, maybe you make some homemade fudge for people and just wrap it nicely, write them a nice little card or make them a card and just go through the effort of doing something more handmade that still has that good intention behind it where you can feel good about giving them something that is heartfelt and that is handmade by you, I think is amazing. Like I would be happy with that. And I'm sure a lot of people would. Also, if you have the people in your life that are, um, hmm, I don't know what's a tactful way to put this, but like kind of guilt trippy about presents. I know some people that are like that where it's like, they want to get you some amazing gift. And then if you get them a gift, they always have like some sort of snide comment about, how you didn't spend enough money or how 
you know, you could have upgraded it or, or whatever it is, right? Like, let's say you get someone a massage, like a 60 minute massage. And they're like, you know, I really love 90 minute massage. You're like, that's fucking great. You can pay for the extra 30 minutes. Like it, that's not my responsibility. I'm trying to do something nice for you. It's, that actually happened to me. So there's always people that are like that and will always um, kind of put the guilt on you for not spending money or they will make you feel guilty because they're like, I got you some outlandish gift for the holidays and you got me a handmade card and fudge and like intentionally trying to make you feel badly about that. That is not on you. And I will always say that to people like, it's not up to you how people interpret how you got them a gift or how they are feeling about holiday spending. Like that's a reflection of how they feel about it. And maybe it means like they want people to feel like they love them because they got them some crazy gift or like, you don't know what the underlying thing is, but the bottom line is it's not really your problem and you can only do what you can do. And it's not really your responsibility or um, your duty to make somebody feel like you got them the correct present at the correct amount of money. Your responsibility is to yourself and to your family to do something that is financially responsible to you. If you have a thousand dollars to spend on Christmas, that's great. Do it responsibly. If you have $50 to spend on Christmas because you're on a tight budget and you have people in your lives that are going to be like, you only got me a $10 present, then that's on them. That's not on you. And um, that's just something that they're going to have to deal with. And they should be happy that they got fudge and a handmade card because that's still very thoughtful and nice for you to do. Okay. So that's my little spiel on that. <laughs> Obviously I have some experience with this. Okay. And um, so yeah, if you are on a small budget and you can only spend like 50 bucks or whatever it is, just maximize that $50 and try to make it as heartfelt as you can. Or do you like Secret Santa or something? So you only have to get one gift and just try to make it work. What I'm basically saying is like, don't go out of your way to overspend, to go into debt for kind of frivolous presents for people that may or may not appreciate it, I guess. If you're in that situation, try to find a different um, solution, I guess, to your holiday spending. So I'm going to walk you through how to, if you haven't done your holiday spending, like determining who wants present, what to get that person, how much it's going to cost you and putting together like a holiday spending plan. That's what we're going to do today. So if you're driving, start thinking about these things. If you're sitting at home, maybe you can get out a piece of paper and start doing this um, or just listen to it and then do it later if you don't have the time right now. But this is how we're going to create a plan. So the very first thing I would love for you to do is just to make a list of the people in your life that you would like to get a present for. Um, that could be, you could make a list of people that you would like to get an actual present for, like your immediate family. And then if you have like extended family, if you could get away with giving them like, like we talked about some homemade fudge and a card or something, that would be great. You could have like a primary list of people that you're actually going to buy a real gift for. And you can have people that you're going to home make stuff for, or you could just make a list of everyone you want to get a gift for or whatever you're doing for your holiday spending. Um, just make a list of those people that you're like, yes, I would like to get a gift for them or yeah, maybe I'll make them a card or something nice. Just thoughtful. I also know that there's some pressure around like, sometimes people just get like extra gifts in case somebody gives them a gift. Um, this also kind of is about the pressure and the guilt of things of like someone gave me a gift and I didn't give them a gift back. Um, I 
personally like that doesn't really affect me very much but I know that it does for other people they feel guilty about it and they feel badly like oh I didn't get you a gift and I'm like that's really okay I don't really care um so maybe start thinking about those things too where you're like well so-and-so might be, might get me a gift so I want to give them like a small something if they do or I'll just give it to them anyway it doesn't matter but those can be like the smaller items that are like something homemade cookies cards whatever you could do as like extra so maybe just budget that into your holiday spending of like, I'll get like three or four extras of those things just so that I have something in case, or if I want to give like my neighbor something on a whim, it's nice to have things on hand that aren't super expensive and are not super specific. So it's not specific to a certain person, um, but you just have like generic, nice things to give to people around the holidays, makes everybody feel nice, makes you feel good about having something. Um, and again, it doesn't need to be like a guilty thing where you're like, so-and-so might give me something, so I better get them something. And then, you know, it turns into a whole spiral thing. So just have a few things on hand. Don't make them super expensive, just thoughtful little items you can give out to people if you get a gift from them, or if you just want to give out a few extras because you're feeling holiday cheer. Then I would love, so you have your list of people, you have like gifts, homemade stuff, whatever you're going to do for those people. And then I would love for you to start brainstorming actual gift ideas. So this also helps you kind of like rein in impulsive spending and not feel pressure and kind of anxious about what you're going to get people you can already brainstorm like two to three ideas of what you want to get each person. So let's say on your list, you have your brother, your sister, your mom, you've got some nieces and nephews, just jot down like two to three things you could get for each of those people that you know they would really enjoy. Again, thoughtful. That's the whole point of giving a gift. It's not just like, let me give a gift for the sake of giving a gift and spending money, which I've been in a lot of those situations too, where I'm like, I feel that you just gave me this gift because you felt badly and you felt like you needed to spend money. I would rather you keep your money than to spend your money on just like random stuff, right? The whole point of giving a gift is to make it thoughtful, make it something that that person would really enjoy or find helpful or find cute or just enjoy if it's like a delicious treat, make their favorite treat, whatever it is, right? So this makes it so it's more of like an intentional giving of gifts instead of just like, let me spend money on random stuff and just give it to people and hope they like it. And they'll probably put it away in their closet and they'll forget about it. And we're going to repeat it all again next year. So that kind of like cuts down that. So when you're brainstorming gift ideas, we all know what people in our lives like. If you don't know what they like, again, you can just brainstorm some generic presents um, or go with the homemade theme, just make everybody kind of the same thing. One year we made perfume and cologne for the boys and the girls and everybody liked it. So we made like two different recipes of like this, um, it was kind of like in a, like a little tin. So it was like a waxy cologne and perfume. We gave those to people in like little gift bags. So in that way, it's like kind of generic where you're like, all the girls are getting this and all the boys are getting this. And it's kind of generic for everybody. I also would love for you to set holiday spending boundaries. So I've talked to a couple of people that I've worked with, um, especially right now, you know, around the holidays, a lot of this comes up where they're like, whatever sort of experience they had during the holidays um, kind of comes up where they're like, we never got to celebrate Christmas. So I want to blow it out for my kids and spend all this money and, you know, make it something that they really can enjoy. Or that's what we had as we were kids. So we're trying to tone it down, like whatever is going on in your life, like whatever the pressure you feel about the holidays, holiday spending, all the things you have to do, decorating the house, making fancy meals, like all of those things. I would love for you to start thinking about like how you can set boundaries around those things. Of like, do the kids really need 20 presents? Does the house really need a thousand dollars worth of decoration? Or can I try to trim it down this year and spend that money more intentionally 
on other holiday things that might be more important. And just thinking about it in terms of like, what are our boundaries for Christmas or for the holidays um, that we can try to adhere to this year and kind of like build upon for the coming years? Because right now, honestly, I really enjoy the holidays because we don't have any pressure in our family. Because like I just talked about, we have like, get a present if you want to get a present. Um, you know, we usually make good treats. We make baked goods. We have a good dinner. Um, and we like lightly decorate. There's no pressure around the holidays. I have learned through talking to a lot of people, this is generally not like a very common theme for families. It seems like there's a lot of stress in people's families. Um, it overall is just like a time where people are like feeling obligated, feeling guilty, feeling stressed out, spending a lot of money that they don't necessarily want to spend. So if that is your situation, start thinking about that now of like, let's set a budget for the holidays. Let's decide how many presents we're going to get the kids. Or are we going to get all the nieces and nephews a present? Do we get the grandparents something? And just making a plan for those um, and kind of like setting boundaries for that. So you don't just get to December and you're like, well, here we are again. And we're in the same position where we're stressed out and we're anxious and we're feeling guilty about not getting presents or not spending enough money or not having enough money because we didn't plan ahead for it, but we still want to do like a nice holiday spread or whatever. And then you're feeling guilty about that because you don't have the money or whatever it is. So let's take some time this weekend and start doing some planning and setting boundaries. Um, and I think you will find from here on out, like if you continue this process, every time the holidays come up, they will get um, run a little bit smoother and less guilty. Now, here are some things I don't want you to forget in your holiday fund. Don't forget meals. Like if you guys always make a fancy meal, um, I will take this example. I was at my local grocery store. I think it was last Christmas and someone was, was buying like prime rib. Prime rib is very expensive. She, the lady there at the counter, at the butcher counter, spent like probably $150 on prime rib. That's not cheap. That's a lot of money. So if you guys do like some big fancy um, meal for Christmas, start planning out your menu, start deciding how much that is going to cost you guys, how many people are coming to dinner. Again, this doesn't need to be like a stressful thing where you're like, oh my God, I don't know how many people are coming. I don't know what we're going to have yet. That's why I'm saying like, take the time so you don't feel rushed and feel anxious about it. Take the time now, a month and a half, almost two months ahead of time and start planning out these things of like, okay, what would be nice to have for dinner? How much do we have to spend on our holiday meal, on desserts, who's bringing what, are we gonna do a potluck? And just start kind of nailing out the details of who's coming so you know how much those things are going to cost. Um, generally people don't have like an expendable budget for like buying lots of people dinner like on Christmas. So if you're hosting or if you are going somewhere um, for Christmas, maybe it would be nice if you could bring something. Um, that's what we do also if we, whoever's hosting for the holidays, we always bring like, someone's gonna bring side dishes, someone's gonna make the drinks. So it makes it easier on the host family that they don't have to provide everything because that can be a lot of money and very stressful also. So don't forget meals, alcohol, obviously. If you guys make like mold wine or you guys are beer drinkers or hard alcohol drinkers and you wanna have cocktails or um, whatever you guys are making, if you guys are gonna have alcohol, as we all know, alcohol is not cheap. So start thinking about those things now and kind of budget that into your holiday um, fund as well so that you are prepared. You guys can make your meal that you wanna make. You can make fancy cocktails or eggnog, spiked eggnog, whatever you want to make. But basically, I don't want you to forget about that component and then be like, well, I want to spend $150 on alcohol, but I didn't account for this in my budget. And now I'm kind of screwed. So don't forget about that. Also, let's not forget about wrapping supplies, 
Um, those can add up too. I know people are like Pinterest wrappers. People like to spend a lot of money on making the uh, present look nice. So if you are one of those people, also factor that in. Start getting stuff now so that you don't have to spend as much um, in December. Also, let's talk about decorations. I'm sure a lot of us like to decorate our houses. We also live in an era where everything is very... Um, to use the cliche word, Instagram worthy. Everybody wants to post their Christmas tree. They want it to look the best. Honestly, I think people do a lot of stuff just for the photo. I don't know if that's a controversial thing to say, but I think, I mean, that goes with everything. People like go out traveling and go to certain um, places in the world for the photo opportunity. We all know that, or they do it for the Instagram photo. People do the same thing around the holidays where they're like, I want to buy the most outrageous or the most expensive or the craziest um, Christmas decorations or holiday decorations um, because I want my house to look nice for pictures or if you're gonna do family photos, whatever it is, right? Like I'm not trying to make anybody feel guilty about this. I'm just saying, let's start thinking about it so we don't blow out our budgets and overspend and go into debt just to make our houses look nice for a photo because I don't know that that's the whole purpose of the holidays. And I think we can spend our money more intentionally than that. So definitely factor in decorations. How much can you afford to spend on decorating your house? Christmas trees are fucking expensive too. I don't know if you've ever gotten like your own Christmas tree yet, but those are very expensive too, surprisingly so. Um, buying all the ornaments, if you want to decorate like random stuff around the house, um, it costs a lot of money. So factor that into your holiday budget and your holiday spending. And the last thing is like outfits. I know people go to events and stuff during the holidays and can spend a lot of money on like holiday outfits or I have been on Pinterest lately and there's like holiday makeup and holiday hair. Like there's everything. Everybody wants to sell everything around the holidays. So there's holiday themed everything. So also factor that in. If you want to get a nice new outfit for Christmas um, or you have like a work party you want to go to that you would like to get a new outfit for, that's totally fine. I'm just saying let's factor it into our holiday spending so it's not just additional money piled on top of the presents and the food and the decorations and the wrapping paper and all of that stuff and the gift giving and the cards and, and mailing presents and stuff like that. I'm just saying let's factor it into holiday spending so you can see what's realistic for you, what's feasible, and what's going to absolutely demolish your budget and set you off um, 2021 on a bad foot and be like more in debt than you were the previous year. That's all I'm saying. Because what I would love for you is to have to do this, right? To do this activity, figure out exactly how much money you need for these things and then go do it. That's what I want you to do with your money. I don't want you to, the whole point is to plan ahead of time and know exactly how much money you're going to need and then save ahead of time so you can pay for those things in cash. What I'm encouraging you not to do is to not do any of these things, not plan ahead what presents you want to get, not plan ahead how much money you want to spend. If you want to buy a new outfit for Christmas, if you need to buy um, expensive decorations, expensive drinks, alcohol for the holidays, and you don't do any planning for it, and then you're just like, I mean, no wonder you're stressed out during the holidays, right? No wonder it's a point of like anxiety and guilt for people, because if we're not planning ahead of time, we're just kind of like, swiping your card around town, just trying to frantically get things together for the holidays. And no wonder it stresses people out. <laughs> so if you can take the time, literally take 15, 20 minutes, maybe a half an hour, go wild and start planning these things out and see what you can actually afford in your budget um, until 
Christmas. So obviously you're probably going to spend some of that money ahead of time. So start looking towards December also about what money's coming in and what expenses are coming in and see what you can afford um, in November and in December so that you can pay for those things, things in cash and not feel like that um, pressure on you over the holidays. It's meant to be a nice relaxing time. It's meant to be a time to exchange meaningful gifts. If they're big, if they're small, if they're medium-sized gifts, if they're homemade, if they cost you a lot of money, if they cost you nothing, it doesn't matter. The whole point is to spend time with the people that you care about and the people that you love um, and to have a cozy time indoors, enjoy a nice meal together, make some baked goods, make a family recipe that's been in your family for generations, um, do something meaningful together, play board games, decorate the tree together. Like that's what it's about. It's not about being stressed and anxious and feeling guilty about so-and-so gave me a present and I didn't have a present to give them. And now I feel like a bad person. Like that's not what it's about. So take some time this weekend, plan ahead. It's never too early. You've got plenty of time to get it together and put together like an action plan, set some boundaries around the holidays and feel much more confident about your holiday spending plan. Okay. That's it. Again, I would love, love, love to see you inside the Wealth Academy. Um, I'm going to be showing you what the ladies who have been in the past um, round of the Wealth Academy have accomplished. And I've been doing a lot of thinking about it on my morning walks with Josie, my little pug dog. And for me, it's always kind of a point of, you know, I think everybody who has like an online business has some trouble, <laughs> at least, asking people for money for their programs because everybody has imposter syndrome and sometimes it's hard to see all of the value in your program. And so I've spent a lot of time reflecting on the past months about how valuable this Wealth Academy has been to people and will be to future people. And I've become so confident in the investment in it because I've seen the power that it can have over people's lives and over my own life. It was so hard to get my finances together and to put a budget together. And it was so much struggling and so much of like feeling guilty and feeling anxious around my money and coming out the other side of it and being able to teach other people is like the best thing ever. Right. Because I can, I've never looked at someone's financial situation, but like, you know what, <laughs> you're fucked and I can't help you. It hasn't happened yet because there's always a way out. And it's just a matter of like, who's ready to do it and who's not. And that's why I've come to really kind of cherish this wealth academy because I don't take it lightly. I don't take your time or your energy or your investment like time wise or money wise in me lightly. And so I bust my ass for people in the wealth academy. And that's again, why I want to keep it so small is because I walk you through every process of it. So I want to tell you guys the investment for the wealth academy is two grand, right? I have payment plans for it. Um, but like I said, on my walk this morning, I was thinking about, it. I was like, you know, two grand is no chump change, right? That's a lot of money to a lot of people. But here I am, I'm walking my dog around the neighborhood and I'm thinking, you know, two grand is a lot of money. But if we can think about it in terms of like, I'm making an investment upfront to learn skills that are going to last me my entire life, to have somebody who's been through it. Like I literally, at the beginning of my uh, figuring out my finances, I was literally trying to find like a dollar I could save on toothpaste so that I could get kind of a head start on the next month. So I've been to the bottom, I'm very resourceful and there hasn't been a single financial situation that I looked at looked at where I'm like, nope, there's no hope for you, you're screwed. Um, there's always a way out of whatever financial situation you're in. And it also gives you the tools and the experts to kind of like progress through your finances. So when you get to retirement, you know exactly what you need to be doing to start saving for retirement. 
if you're buying a home, you're going to know exactly what you need to do is start saving for home. So you don't get into the kind of like the sticky situations that so many people do where they're like, I'm in a house I can't afford and I can't make a mortgage payment. And it will set you up literally for the rest of your lives. And the return on investment, this is the best part, right? So let's say you invest in yourself two grand up front. If your return on investment in four months, so the four months that the ladies have been out of the wealth economy, um, have like four X'd their investment, right? So let's say you invest two grand in yourself upfront to learn all these skills, implement it, um, learn the habits on how to budget and everything you need to know. In four months from now, <laughs> you either have $8,000 paid off in debt or you've saved $8,000. Okay, that's in four months and you have the rest of your life to implement those things and like 100x your investment of your initial $2,000. So I hope that wasn't confusing with all those numbers, but basically like the point is, yes, it's a big investment up front. Yes, it is meant to be that way because I want people who are ready to take back control of their finances and ready to do work. As we all know, if you get something for free, you don't really value it as much. So that's half of the point of the big investment. It's like, I want people who are ready and who are invested time, money-wise and emotionally in this program because I am too. Like I am busting my ass for people. Um, every single person inside there, I know the ins and outs of your financial life and I'm not fucking around because I know how important it is to you and I know and I want to see you succeed so badly financially that I am here for it and I'm here to like hold your hand through the whole process. And it's every program I've seen is like the same investment or it's twice as much money with less one-on-one -on -one time, with less personalized support where the, you kind of just show up for weekly calls and the person leading it doesn't necessarily know exactly what's going on in your finances. So there's my pitch for you. <laughs> it is expensive. If you get on the wait list, I'm giving you 500 bucks off. So it'll be $1,500. And I have payment plans because I always say like, I don't want you to be hurting financially to ultimately help yourself financially. Like I don't want you to go into extreme debt to pay for this thing. I would rather you pay for it in cash, but I know that that's not realistic for many people right now. Um, so I have extended payment plans so that it will make sense for you. You can pay, you know, a couple hundred bucks a month um, and make it make sense for you because I don't want you to be hurting to ultimately help yourself. Okay. So I would love to see you inside there. If you have questions, I'm going to be on social media, like a mad woman these coming weeks to tell everybody about it, get into the details of everything and give you testimonials and videos and behind the scenes looks and everything. But um, since my podcast people are generally the first people to know about it, I wanted to give you more details um, right now so that you can make a decision if you're interested. If you have questions, um, you guys know I'm just a DM away, an email away, however you want to get in contact me with me, fire away and ask me whatever questions you have. Okay. So have a great weekend. Oh, my plans this weekend. If, if you don't watch the Great British Baking Show, first of all, I don't know what you're doing with your life. And second of all, just go watch it right now because it's amazing. And I love it. If you love baking at all, it's probably going to be your fave baking show. But anyway, so I've been baking my way through the Great British Baking Show this season. And um, this, like, so the episode comes out and whatever they make for the, it's called the technical bake. Then the following weekend I make it. So last weekend I made chocolate babka and it was, oh, it was so freaking good. It was amazing. It's like an enriched dough that's braided and it has chocolate in it and it had cardamom and it had walnuts and it had like a glaze on top. Oh my God. It was so good. So this week 
last week on the show they made eclairs so i'm going to make eclairs this weekend i've made them once before and they were really good um but i'm going to try to make the fillings that they made i think they were chocolate and then they had like a raspberry puree also inside so i need to get like some new nozzles for my piping bag so that i can try to make them look profesh so those are my plans for the weekend i need to go to the store and get some of those supplies and i'm going to show you guys those um, over the weekend as I make them. But that's what I'm doing this weekend. And the weather has been lovely. We got the power back on um, and it's a good day to have a good day. So have a great weekend and I will see you guys next week. And um, that's all, I guess. <laughs> Thanks for listening and I'll see you next week.